just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Packer Up, boys. Uh, we are slowly, you can feel it. You can just feel it kind of bubbling. You can feel the arousal slowly hitting parts of your body that have been dormant since October. They've been dormant. Well, actually, no, there was the, the world, uh, the Pacific Championship, but I'm sure your wife's sitting there going, why are you so dormant lately, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying? And you say, Lord, he's, what, he's not around. What, he's not around. And all of a sudden... You're up charging, about ready to go. It's bloody March. That's why, baby. It's funny you say that. It was actually yesterday. Um, my missus was trying to organise something for I think April. Mm. I can't remember what it was. It was something like a um, like a lunch or a dinner or a bottomless brunch or something. Mm. She's like, "Oh, can we book in this date?" I was like, "No, that's Saturday night. We can't like a Saturday arvo. Mm. Um, you have to do something before that." And she and then she just rolled her eyes and she actually said, "Oh, I forgot what my life was like back in winter." <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, baby. It's the truth. We all have our, our, our ball and chain to carry. And if you're a footy fan, it is your rugby league. That's right. That is our chain. It's changed to our ankle. We can't change it. We can't change it. This is who I was when you met me. Can't and definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. I was in the gym this morning and I was wearing this shirt. Best dad shirt. <laughs> mm. And I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting my dad strength. Oh, really? Like, I feel like the dad strength is slowly creeping up on me. Uh, because... Like I've got the hat on now, like the dad power, it was thrumming through my veins. And I was like, this is a different, look, I've had the young barbarian power of just a young hot throbber. Well, forget the hot bit, young throbber, you know, athlete, all that good stuff. And then you go through years, you know, you might hit 30 and you haven't had a kid yet. And you're kind of just, just a bit dormant, just a bit dormant, a bit flaccid. But I feel like the dad strength as if like my body's telling me I need to protect my son from a tiger. Well, this doesn't really make sense, but I feel like dad's strength, it just, it's somehow just more trustworthy than other strength. It's more trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, dad's strength isn't dropping the ball, you know, in the 75th minute oh, when a try needs to be scored. Because that could be his baby. That is his baby being passed to him. <laughs> like, maybe that's what I was thinking against Para with that crossfield kick. Maybe I was in the future, my head, oh. future me head, and that was rain bouncing up to me. <laughs> and that's why it was such a good grab, which, I mean, if I'm being honest, no one ever talks about how good of a catch that was for me, like literally no one, which pisses me off because it was an incredible, incredible regather. Um, but that, that's, that's beside the point. Maybe it was the future dad going back in time, giving me that reliance, whereas like a young, a young, dumb, full of the good stuff guy, he's going he's gonna to blow his lollies. He's going to spill his lollies. He's sure. spilling his lollies everywhere. Yep. Whereas the dad, the dad strength is it's strong, it's pure. It's something, it's, it's attached to the earth somehow. It's spiritual. Mm. You know, it's connected to my ancestors. It's, there's something true and, true and pure about dad strength. And I feel like I'm getting, it's almost like akin to steroids. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, don't get on the steroids. Have a kid. Have a kid. Have a kid. And then when you're in the gym, think of lifting kit cars off kids. Mm. Lifting cars off kids. That's what you think. And that's the same as a steroid shot to the balls. Testosterone straight to the balls. That's the same thing. That's what I'm feeling. That's what uh. I'm feeling with the dad strength at the moment. Um, I tell you what is weird with kids is like you start questioning so many things that you didn't like think about at all before. Mm. Uh, for example, like, okay, now this is going to sound really weird. This is going to sound really weird. But if I want my kid to be successful, there's two things. Like, okay, you want them to have the best upbringing possible. So like all the love in the world, uh, you know, a safe environment, home, hopefully a good relationship with your wife, all that good stuff. But then you're like, well, hang on a sec. All greatness usually comes from pain. Mm. So I don't need, do I need to be a little bit of a dick to my son 
to make him great. I don't know what the answer is. Well, that's it. Like if you if you if you have such a not sheltered shelter is the wrong word, but such a good upbringing, and then when you're say in your twenties, and you have to fight a bit of resilience somehow. Yeah. Where, how are you going to fight that resilience? Yeah. And look, I'm sure there are people with really good upbringings that have done that. But like, whenever you hear these documentaries of like goats, they're like, I lived in a tin shed yep. since I was three years old and trained with wolves, had to walk 10Ks in the snow every morning. Like, that's the story. It's yeah. never like, it's never, man, my mum and dad, they were relatively decently, they had money, so we didn't have to worry about that. Uh, they stayed together forever. And it was just a good life, baby. Mm. It was a good life. Usually the dogs come out of the, the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Who's that? Well, who's the boxer? Fran Francis. Oh, Nganu. Yeah. Greatest story in the history of mankind. Yep. Did you end up watching the story? Yep. The, the documentary that's on YouTube? Yep. Unbelievable. Like, seriously, like, mind-blowing. Like, actually, when you're watching it, you're going, if a movie <laughs> script, if I was watching a movie right now and the script was Francis Nganu's story, this is bullshit. Like, you're taking the yeah, piss. Yeah, it's Stop. too unrealistic. It's too hectic. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, some dude from the, the sand mines, he, he illegally travels across the sub-Saharan desert or something, gets stuck in Spain for like years mm. living homeless and then he goes to like France and then like it and then and then it's not even over like when that documentary was done he hadn't even gone into boxing and fought Tyson Fury who was the world champion I think unless he abdicated his belts but he was essentially the world champion yeah, yeah, yeah. and some say he won like that's insane mm. whereas if Nganu had a brilliant upbringing if Nganu had the beak as a dad first of all he <laughs> wouldn't be an unbelievable <laughs> incredible specimen but I'd give him love baby I'd yeah. love him to death yeah. So that's the questions after. You know what else is, is weird is that you start realizing how unkind you are to yourself. So for example, you, all, your, your internal talk is, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes can be really negative or like the way you let people treat you or mm -hmm. the way something happens to you, you're like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Whereas like when, with your kid, you're like, I never want that to happen to them. Like never be spoken to like that, uh, never yeah. being screwed over. And you're like, hang on a sec. Like, why don't I have that same standard for myself? But I, for my child, I'm like, they never have that. Another weird thing was, you know how parents are always like, oh man, I'd die for my kid. Yeah. Like, and, and as a non-parent, you're like, like you nod your head because it's the right thing to do. Like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But you haven't a kid yet. Uh, so the other day I got home and, you know, said hi to the wife or whatever. And then she had cooked something and it happened, like she had cooked something for herself, but there happened to be more left. And so I just made the joke. It was a joke, guys. <laughs> it was a joke. I go, um, oh, finally up to housewife standard of myself. <laughs> and then obviously I looked at her. We laughed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, because she looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> um, anyway, I was like, I said, I'm joking. Um, it was a, it was like a, it was a beautiful, beautiful what she cooked. But then I said to, <laughs> to Rain, I was like, are you going to save that up? Like looking at him, like, you're going to save that in your mind? You're going to bash me for that when you're older? <laughs> like you're gonna bash me when you get old enough you're gonna bash me for being so disrespectful to mum. <laughs> and then and then in my head i was like uh i wouldn't i wouldn't throw a punch back like i would literally let my son bash the shit out of me mm. and that's the first moment where i was like oh like yeah i'd die like if my son wanted to bash me to kill me i'd be like, okay you can kill me well i like i simply can't relate to any of this yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly Whereas like if someone said that to you, yeah, I'm saying it to you right now. Yeah. You're like, that's insanity, bro. It's funny because like I hear new 
parents all the time say, oh, the best day of my life was when my kid was born. Mm. I die for my kid. Like, I'm going to sound extremely shallow here, but like when I go on holidays or whatever, if there are kids around, I am I go to the other side of the pool, right? Like I try to avoid <laughs> yeah, yeah, kids as much. Yeah. So I'm just like, and I'll, I'll, I'll have kids one day, but yeah. it hasn't even crossed my mind yet. It's one of those typical snobbish things. Oh, you don't understand until you have it. It's yeah. that typical snobbish yeah. thing. But, like, but if everyone says it, it can't be wrong. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like so many cliches that your father, your parents tell you as growing up that you're like, man, I'm not like you. And like, yeah, shut up. I'm young. I know everything. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, Ooh, I think dad and mum were right about pretty much everything. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm in full dad mode today, as you can see. Dadded out of my freaking mind. Did you wear the dad hat to the gym as well? I didn't. I wore the dad <laughs> shirt though. And right. honestly, like... You know, like there's guys in there looking all jacked, oh, fucking so strong, brah, looking in the mirror, which is fine. You do you, do you baby. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I felt like the biggest alpha in there. Because mm. as I said, there's dad energy and there's just non-dad energy. And dad energy always trumps non-dad energy. Yeah. I said it. I said it. I, I think the dad energy, as I said, it was trustworthy. I think it's also more intimidating as well. Yeah. There's something about the primal nature of dad energy. 100%. Um, so there it is. I've I've explained dad energy for you. Look, the fathers, you know, driving in their trucks or sacrificing for their family, they get it. Oh, they, they can it. relate. They right. can, there's dad energy, and it doesn't get spoken about enough. Yeah. But I think I'm bringing dad energy back to the front. <laughs> I'm bringing it back to the front, and that's not trying to take away energy from any other parent. I'm just talking about my own experience. Yep. Dad energy. Let's bring it back, baby. Mm. Let's bring it back. <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Everyone's tuned out by now and they're going, <laughs> Beak, look, we love you, Beak, but we're here to fucking talk about footy and not your friggin' family life, bro. <laughs> we've, we've had bloke reacts go longer than podcast than this podcast. We're thinking over 10 minutes. <laughs> Jeez Louise. They're just going to be like, bro, we, we look, we care about you, Kempi, and we hope you're happy, mate, but we're here to hear what you think mm. about rugby league and even nothing though, else. Even though it's a non-footy show, allegedly. Well, it's allegedly. We started as a non-footy show. We tried to do that, and mm. literally within the first episode, we were straight into rugby league <laughs> off the bat. So... As we said, we all have our ball and chain. Yes. And ours is rugby league. Damn right. Uh, anyway, big news. Big news. Our Packer Up Boys brought to you by Sportsbet. Uh, you're going to have a punt. You do it with Sportsbet. The best in the business, but make sure to punt responsibly. You win some, but you lose more. Um, still up. Still up on my cheeky little $1 oh, bets. Oh, yep. Nice. Still killing it, baby. Still killing it. Um, okay. Amendment for 2024 season. Contested restarts. If a team kicks the ball out in the full over the touchline or the ball for, fails to travel at least 10 metres forward in an attempt to contest a restart from the goal line, 20-metre line, or halfway line, play will now restart with the ball with the player ball 10 metres out from the line of the kick and 10 metres in from touch. Rather than with a penalty, the change will give more incentive for teams to attempt short drop-offs or drop-outs. Essentially, if you kick it out off a drop-out or a um, kick-off, you basically, it's not a penalty. It's just to play the ball 10 metres from where it landed. Um, I don't like it. Yep. I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't understand why now, like what's the point of getting a repeat set? Exactly. Like basically, before, when you got a repeat set, you were ba basically like 80, when you kicked it in and you tackled someone in goal, you were about an 80% chance of it being a repeat set due to the fact that a short kickoff wasn't taken a short dropout, sorry, wasn't taken due to the fact that it was so risky because you get a penalty, you go up to two, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, when you like do a, get a repeat set, that chance is, in, is reduced drastically because every single drop out is going to be 
a short kick, like yeah. a short drop out. And we've already seen how much that's changed at the moment with the big risk. Imagine how many dropouts, short dropouts, are going to get nailed now when people train for it all preseason. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be 50-50. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to, event, maybe not straight away, but if this rule sticks, which it probably will, um, they'll train for it and they'll, they'll be so elated at that you're right. There's going to be no point in repeat sets anymore, and that's well, not no point because you still can get them, but you're basically giving yourself a 50-50 chance. Let's say they do execute the short dropout correctly, yeah. you're basically a 50-50 chance if that goes up. At minimum, I think. Yeah. Like if they train for it, I reckon it's going to be more than 50-50 to the, to the kicking team. Yeah, I, okay. I hate it. Like I, I think the whole fabric of the game is. Well, the, the thing is, is the attacking team will have to start training for exactly that. Yeah, exactly. So okay, call it 50-50. Yeah. But I hate it. Like, what, some of the like a whole game is based on building pressure, mm. and there's less incentive to try and force dropouts now. Like, mm. look at there's a great example. If you go back, I think it's 05 Origin Game Three. The first ten minutes of the game, Queen, I think Queensland had something like twenty four tackles in a row, attacking New South Wales, and like they kept getting repeat sets, kept turning away, turning away, turning away. Went for like ten, eight or ten minutes, and then eventually Minicello took an intercept. Ran the length and New South Wales got a penalty goal. And it was like one of the great origin moments for the Blues because they were able to withstand all that pressure. We're not going to see stuff like that anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just completely changed the game, I feel. Well, it sucks because, like, as you just explained, there is beauty in holding your line. Yep. Like, that is a crucial part of rugby league is the gritty, tough nature. It is what separates rugby league from nearly every sport in the world. It's that... Nearly, like, there's a lot of people that are skillful enough to play rugby league professionally. But what separates professional NRL players from most people is they are mentally and physically tough enough yep. to play the game. That is the point of difference of rugby league. I, I just... Now, so I don't like it. I don't like it. Look, I understand the idea of let's make this an entertaining, exciting... Look, am I sitting here saying, oh, the game's finished? Blah, not at all. Not at all. We'll get used to it. You know, we still got the big hits. We got all that, blah, blah, blah. But I just don't like it because it's way too in preference of just purely excitement, excitement, excitement. Now, I will say, one of the all-time great calls I think I've ever seen. So the NRL physio. So basically, he thinks, and this is all just an assumption. I'll just get it up so I don't misquote him. Mm. Because it's one of the all-time great calls. And yeah, it, I, I saw this too and um, makes a good point. Okay, so... He said, this is, this is NRL physio, quote, unquote. Could have my tinfoil hat on here, but wonder if this is uh, this change that encourages short kickoffs is in part a move to reduce safety concerns around long kickoffs. NFL had a rule changes to minimize impact on kickoffs. Always had a feeling NRL may follow it uh, at some point. It's very likely to be a move based on entertainment or speeding up the game somehow, but interest, interesting considering the long kickoff has a high concussion incident rate and could theoretically be a way to change a game indirectly in favour of player safety. Look, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on too. Yep. I think 100%. Yeah, oh, it makes sense, doesn't I it? I absolutely believe that that was in their thinking. Like part of it, that it, look, majority could be the other reason, blah, blah, blah. It could be. But I reckon 100% that was in their thinking because that is, yeah, it's, it's a, high, a really high uh, chance of, not really high, but there's a chance, a higher chance of concussion with the the um, especially with how big and explosive athletes have gotten with the kickoff, the kick return. Um, now, you guys know me. There are parts of our game that 
look, I don't think we should just do tradition for tradition's sake. But for example, the first kickoff of Origin, it is okay. so part of tradition. Yep. It's, it is because what it says is this. It says, how ready are you for the toughest of the toughest? Mm. Let's see, like all Bane for blood, the best players or some of the best players in the world, it is Origin, so the intensity is ramped up by a million. Are you going to take the hit up in the toughest way possible to send a message to everyone else? So I can understand. I, I would actually be more understanding of the change if it was because of safety yeah, than the, the excitement thing. Because yeah. I don't find short dropouts exciting. Well, and here's what I was going to say before. So they've come out and said they're going to try and make it more entertaining. I actually heavily disagree that more short drop, more of these short dropouts make it entertaining. I think what makes short dropouts entertaining is the fact that there's so little margin for error that if you nail it, it's mad, and if you screw it up, you, you're going to cost yourself Bro, two points. That's Bron gone now. Broncos lost the grand final. They lost the grand final. Like I think that is what makes the short dropout exciting. Mm. Otherwise, it's just a cross field kick yeah. to me. Like I don't. I think this has not made it any more exciting. I. Yeah. Completely disagree. Also, back to the kickoff thing. You're right. Like, if they have done it for this, I can definitely understand way more. But it's that's another part of our game which we love as well. Like Tim Grant's career highlight mm. was his save Rosen run where he ran over Petro Sivnasiva. Mm. Like Sam Burgess' best ever moment was his kickoff in the grand final. Like, yeah, that, that'd be disappointing. Yeah, that's the reason too. But I would much more understand it. Yeah. Do you think that it that he, that has come into For sure. consideration? I didn't consider it till I till I read physio. Neither did I. Neither did I. But it absolutely, I think it absolutely did come into consideration, and they've gone. You know what? Mm. Like, if we do it, if we go public and say this is the reason, the backlash will be. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Be absolutely world-ending. Um, uh, question though, do you reckon we'll see more short drop kickoffs? Because like, I don't think you can, especially like, say you're playing Penrith or something where field position is already so important. Like, it's any team's even going to bother going short with a kickoff still, you reckon? Well, it's hard to say because if they're willing to do it, you know, the, okay, so the argument could be they, they're willing to do it on their line because they don't have to get back 10. So mm. it's easier to defend their line than it is. But, yeah, it's really hard to say because, yes, field position is so hard against Penrith, but... You just get the ball back every single time. Mm. Not not giving the ball to Penrith even better than field position. Mm. So if you get so good at it, it's going to be interesting. Well, what I will say is is that, you know, maybe Penrith you don't do it against. But in saying that, maybe you have to do it against Penrith because mm. when they have been kicking off long, Penrith just go. Yeah, they beat you anyway. They beat you anyway. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like let's try something different and at least have an opportunity to get the ball back. On top of that, maybe it actually could work because if you do go short oh that it'd be the same same as a kickoff they'd have to have something set up because if you do go short maybe those next two s tackles won't be as effective yeah and the kickoff kick you know a kick return usually they get to what the 15 meter mark well, 15 yeah. 15 so maybe they go look we're willing to give up 20 meters mm. you know give or take for a chance to get the ball back and also they're on the sideline rather than... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Because if you just ping it and put it straight on the sideline, that next tackle, you get to absolutely yep. jam in, into the, the corner. Yeah. i got one more question for you. And this hasn't really, really been spoken about. And if this is the case, this is going to be very disappointing. 
Do you think we're going to see a lot more running the ball on fifth tackle when it comes to teams attacking the on the attack? Um, because tackle when you when you turn out tackle one to four all look the exact same, and then tackle five is a little point of difference. We get to put a kick in, but if there's if the risk and reward isn't so great now, do you reckon we'll just see teams run it on? Yeah, fifth? for people saying this is a small change, it really isn't a small it's change. Changed the whole game, like in my opinion, it'll ch it definitely has changed the flow of the game. Mm. Because you get down there and you're making way different decisions. I don't know. I don't know. Because the thing is, is that I'm the kind of, I'm always been anti-short dropout. Like, just kick it long, get yeah. through your defensive set. But clearly clubs have identified, like, statistics, video, all of these. They've had, they've had algorithms that have all this kind of stuff that say that short dropouts percentage-wise are better or whatever. So I just don't know what the answer is going to be until you see the, what the clubs do because they're going to have access to way more information than me right now. If I had to guess, I just think you're going to see – you still see kicks, but they'll only be kicks to score. They won't be pressure kicks of like – I mean, you still might see six again kicks, but I don't think as many. Mm. Yeah, I don't think as many. That, that really disappoints me, to be honest. Which is like, yeah, that is disappointing. I, I liked – like, there were, I loved – when you're watching a game – even even if your team is under the pump, like when Broncos were under the pump in the grand final and they defended the way they did that first 20, absolutely amazing. But even when your team's under the pump and you're, they're, they're the ones getting the repeat sets put on them, that's exciting. Yes. It's, it's not good excitement because no. you're like, they're going to score, but you were on the edge of your seat the whole time. But that's the, that's the point of being a sports fan. Mm. You're riding that roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Like if, it was, if everything was so happy, you, it wouldn't be exciting to win. Like yeah. that's part of sport. Yeah, you're right. Don't know. So look, yeah, not, not a fan, um, but I'm also not of the. I'm not at the idea of like, oh, the world's ending and you know, footy's dead. I'm not like that. <laughs> like you know, there are some people getting a bit too, you know, a bit too crazy about this. Um, look, I think that in six months' time or even in a year, we'll just be used to it. It'll be yeah. fine. I, I think it, we'll just be like, okay, look, this is the way the game is now. Because um, the ironic thing is, is that Okay, if they don't, if teams don't go short on kickoffs, then the idea that the NRL have thought will will negate the kickoff, then that's that has nothing to do with the decision. Yeah, then. exactly. Because like no one's ever worried about the the kick return. Like when a forward returns a kickoff a dropout, there's not usually that bigger hits no, hits off that. No. It's usually just the kickoff. Um, so if we don't see much change in the kickoff. Then, then that would make the argument that no, they haven't thought of it. This hasn't. This isn't for safety. This is for entertainment. Yeah. But I, I think we will see changes in the kickoff. I, I just think that the chances of getting a ball back, but then at the very worst, you just they just have a play the ball. Because usually, if you kick out in the full, short off a kickoff, they get to kick. Yeah, they get a penalty. Penalty yeah. down so you're the basically field. on the attack. You're basically yeah in your own D line. Whereas here. They'll probably, you know what they'll do? They'll probably practice high kicks, but a bit deeper. Yeah. So they'll probably be kicking to the like 20 or, well, it would be. The 30. The 30. Yeah. They'll, so they'll probably try and land it on the 30 and the winger will have to get to that spot. Because mm. then that way, 100% it's worth it. Mm. If you can land it on the 30. The 30 is the, the sweet spot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you land it on the 30, then you're only losing like 10 meters really. Yeah. And you might get it back. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's definitely not a small change. Like it's it'll, a huge change. It's it's definitely going to have big impact. So yeah, I don't like it. But let us know what you think in the comments section. Do you like it? Um, are there? Do you think that we're we're looking at it glass half empty rather than glass half full? Are there some really exciting parts of um, short dropouts? Me personally, 
never in a like never watching short dropouts have I gone this is mad to me it's scrappy it's just like okay oh yeah we got the ball back mad but that doesn't it's not the, like me saying mad we got the ball back isn't exciting it's just mad because that's my team yeah um whereas me my team defending heaps of sets that is exciting because I'm like wow like yeah. they're holding in here they're holding in here oh they're gonna score they're gonna score so anyway we'll see we'll see the trials will be interesting to see how yeah yeah that'll be to see how like quickly they're gonna you know what and i think i do think in the trials we'll probably see all short kickoffs oh bloody oath yeah because it's like let's see if we can make this work yeah and get practice in it with we'll it. probably see a lot of short kickoffs as well yeah I'll probably try trial that stuff too i think so i think so <clears throat> uh our bounce back uh our bounce back of the week to kick off the segment was cameron munster Mosh is the place to go for smarter hair loss treatment. It is 100% online, so there's no traveling to doctors, clinics, or pharmacies. Their Aussie doctors will give you real advice as to where you are in your hair, growth, hair regrowth journey. Uh, prescribe you uh, prescribe you what you works from over 90 treatment variations that are delivered straight to your door. Bloke listeners, get $50 off your first treatment plan with code BLOKE50, and it's the numbers 50, so B-L-O-K-E-5-0, all in caps, uh, at the checkout, um, smarter hair loss treatment all starts with a quiz at getmosh.com.au. Uh, as I said, guys, look, if you are looking for hair regrowth, just go check it out. Go check it out because if you're supporting them, it's supporting us. Um, and also, I get it, baby. We said it on Monday. There's going to be banter. Embrace the banter. That's it. Because the, your mates, I'm telling you right now, your mates are going to want you to be happy with yourself or just whatever is good for you. Deep down, your mates want what's good for you. And if that's that, and give her a crack, guys. Give her a crack. Um, now, dragons. After this, uh, after the, oh, there'll also be a link in the show notes where yep. to go. Yep. Um, so just click that link, check it out. Um, if everything goes really well, we hit our targets, guys. It will most likely be a long-term partnership, which is really important for bloke this year. We're going bigger and better than ever this year. So support people that support us, um, and and you get fifty dollars off your first treatment with bloke fifty code. Uh, now, after the Volkman news, there are reports that Zach Orford tried to get a release from Canberra to go there, but it was denied from the Raiders. The Dragons have now signed Jesse Maskey. Is it Maskey or Marshy? I think it's Marshy. Marshy? Yeah. Jesse Marshy? Sure uh, Shane Flanagan has confirmed Kyle Flanagan will be the six. Um, look, Jesse Maskey is a good signing. Yep. It's a good signing. So he was part of the North Sydney Bears that lost in the grand finals of the Rabbitohs? Yeah. Or beat them? They lost. Yeah, North's loss, yeah. But he was one of their better players. I, From all reports, uh, I watched the grand final, but from all reports that I've heard, he was really, really good at the back end of last year. Yeah, I think he was one of their better players. I think I was looking at their stats the other day, like in New South Wales Cup, and I think he's I think he's like up the top in a lot of them, yeah. but definitely had a good year. Definitely had a good year. And it was his brother that played first grade for the Roosters, Roosters right? Yeah. yeah. Twin brother. Yep. Um, I actually like the signing. Uh, I don't like how Volkman's situation has been handled, but I like the signing. Funnily enough, he actually suits the six role much more than Volkman. Even though Volkman could be a six, he's a seven in New South Wales Cup. Whereas Maskey's a bigger body, more of a ball runner. Uh, so, yeah, don't mind it. Um, Flanagan coming out and confirming Kyle will be the six. Uh, look, I hope it works. I really hope it works. Uh, we've been, you know, massive defenders of Kyle Flanagan for a few years now, saying he just needs an opportunity. Well, He's his opportunity. Here it is. Yep. Here it is. Um, hopefully he takes it. Me personally, I don't see him as a six. I think he's a seven. And everything I've seen has actually been quite good at nine. But he's probably the you know the most obvious person that you would put in at that six role. 
Surprise, Bird hasn't been considered for six. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe he was considered, but I'm surprised it's out and out confirmed Flano will be the six. But, uh, yeah, I want I do want the Dragons to um, do well because they just it's just been such a weird club for the last few years. Yeah. Such a strange club. I think about the, like, 10 years ago when they won the Col- yeah. 13 years ago now, geez. They were like Melbourne. They were... Oh, they, well, they, their I think, defense was some of the best defense you'll ever see ever. Uh, their defense in 2010 was better than any Penrith year, statistically. That is, is ridiculous. Actually wild. Yeah. Actually wild. Um, so, yeah, look, the good thing with, with Dragons is that, like, if you needed enough motivation, like, you have all the motivation to do the backs against the wall kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, it's backs against the wall kind of stuff. So, yeah, hopefully. Um, also, you know, the Dragons have kind of come out and basically defended their decision that, um, you know, he didn't pass the medical, so he's no longer a player with them. Uh, I mean, we've gone over it, but look, I've, all parties, all parties, including manager, Warriors, Dragons, I think have handled this poorly. I really do. I, you know, people trying to excuse Dragons, saying it's a Warriors' fault. Warriors trying to say, oh, it's just a Dragons' problem. We're talking about a person, a human being here, yeah. Ronald Volkman. Um, there's some people trying to say that Volkman knew that he showed up. Oh, come like, on. I don't know how, like... You don't know what has happened to you. Yeah. You can only guess. And then you take advice from the physio. Like the physio. So you do an injury, you go see the physio. The physio tells you what to do. That's his profession. Yeah. Like you don't, you can't just like, oh, you know what? I feel like two screws are loose. Mm. You, that's not what happened. Exactly. And also he's had two scans in the last month or so. Yeah. Like, like he's done, what else, What more could he have done? Yeah. Bizarre, bizarre. But so anyway, I think it's handled by all, poorly by all parties and, Good lesson for the Dragons going forward. Unless they've passed a medical, don't tra- don't train them definitely. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, don't announce the signing and all that kind of stuff. Like, because again, the the thing that surprised me with the Dragons is that one club official said that his shoulder was so bad it felt like chocolate, chocolate which yeah. I'm assuming means soft. And you know, it's like so. Surely he they surely at least did a physical medical before he started training. Mm. Like, surely. You'd hope so. Like, anyway, um, anyway. So look, I think all all, um, all parties involved. Hopefully, they can improve from the situation. And also, hopefully, it can be resolved because currently Volkman's just chilling. Like he's not doing anything, and no one's paying for his. Well, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'd be very surprised if someone doesn't end up paying for it, mm. uh, because it was done at training. True. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, like think about it. It's like if you get injured, yeah, that's right. you get injured at work. You don't just and then like let's say you go to a new work and the new work finds out, oh, mm. you know you you had this injury at your last job. You don't, they don't get to go. Oh, well, we're not paying for it. Yeah, like where whenever the injury happened that did this, yeah, that party has to pay for it. Okay, so the I'd assume anyway. Yeah. That's my assumption. Yeah, like if it happened at the Warriors, and they didn't pick it up, but it did happen at the Warriors, then I think the Warriors would probably have to pay for it. Mm. Because he did it whilst working for them. Yeah, they know that makes complete yeah. sense. Whereas, you know, if there's been another injury that happened at the Dragons training and that's what's caused it, then they'd, I'd assume they'd have to pay for it. Yeah. But Volkman absolutely should not be paying oh, for God it. Oh, God, no. Like, absolutely yeah. not. But so, so I think one of the clubs would be paying for it. If I had to have a guess, if, if everything I've read is correct and it happened at the Warriors, then I'd say the Warriors would pay yeah. for the, the um, surgery. Um. Now, Manly, Anthony Seabold has confirmed Tom Travoyevich will be back, uh, will be fullback for the club this year, saying no other option was even looked at. He also said he wants uh, to model Josh Schuster's game into a Wade Graham or Glenn Stewart type. 
Uh, yeah, look, I'm not surprised that he is going to be fullback. A bit surprised him saying that we didn't look at any other option. Mm. It's like, um, surely you're looking at every single option possible to keep him on the field. Yeah. Maybe I'm just um, nitpicking here. Probably am. But it's like, surely you're looking at everything. I sure, like, surely he's just saying that. Yeah. Like, I imagine they would have. But, like, what, what's the difference it? between going, oh, yeah, we had a look at that and, you know, we found that, you know, it's not an increase. You know, like, you know what I mean? Or yeah. maybe they're not, they're trying to, set, they don't want to set themselves up so that if they say we had a look at it and it's not more likely to injure yourself at fullback than center, then he gets injured at fullback, then they go, oh, hang on a sec. You said <laughs> that, you know, you wouldn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but I, you got to take them at their word. No other option was even looked at. Uh, that's. That's strange to me. That's strange to me. I think with Tom, you just the main priority is him on the rugby league field as yeah. much as possible. Um, but yeah, at fullback, I mean, scary, scary like prospect. If he is at fullback at full flight, I think it's a big year for Tommy because if we're sitting here in a year's time and he's had another year where he's played twelve games, then you got to start thinking. Oh, we man. probably said that this time last year as well. I know. I know. It's a bit, I think it's a huge year for it's, him. It's he's such a likable guy. You just mm. don't even want to talk about it. Like it's that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to talk about it because he's such a legend. He's so nice. He's such an incredible athlete and a role model for the game. And on his best on his day, he's one, the best fullback in the comp. Yeah. Arguably the best player in the comp. One of the best fullbacks ever. Ever. Yeah. But yeah, the reality is, if it happen, if the next, you know season goes by and it's only twelve games here or ten games there, like you have to question. Can the club continue to pay him? I mean, they have to. It's contractually obligated. But is it good for the club going forward, paying him $1.2 or $1.1 million a year? Um, it, yeah, well, it's just not. It's just not. And, and I hate saying it because it's like, yeah, as I said, I'm the – I am – I mean, anyone that's been a you know a podcast listener for a long time, a bloke, I am the number one fan of Tom Trevojevic. Yeah. Number one fan. Um the problem for Manly is, is though it may not be good for them to pay him. At the end of the day, they signed him on a long-term contract, um, knowing his history. Now, granted, he hadn't had his injuries after it, but they signed him on a long-term long-term contract. Like that's yeah, you can't just go all of a sudden. Oh, okay, we're well, getting injured a bit too much. We're not gonna we're gonna release you. It's like well, yeah, it's not how it works. Like now, look, that's. I mean, I say that's not how it works, but usually that is what happens. Well, Clubs yeah. go, you know, we're not getting our value out of you. We, we, you know, we'd like you to this, that, and the next thing. Um, but that's not going to happen with Turbo. Not at Manly. <sighs> oh, I, I wouldn't think so. Well, Seabold wasn't here when they did that contract. True. And uh, the CEO, the new CEO, I don't think he was here either. Let me check when he's contracted till. I'll be actually interested to know that. Yeah. Um, I'll have a look now. But look, I, I am wishing nothing but the best of... Tom Trevojevic because the game like think about the run that he had like 2021 in 2021 like that run was nothing short of incredible like nothing short of incredible and the game was so much better for it so much better for it so I'm hoping 2026 is his last year of yeah. the contract so it's three full three more seasons to go look let's just fingers crossed yeah touch and wood don't even want to talk about it don't no. want to think about it um, let's hope he has a massive, massive year. Massive year. Because it, and especially for Manly. If he has a massive year, they could make the top four. That's how good he is. Like, that's the, the insane prospect with Manly is like, he really is so pivotal to, if you're going to Manly's home ground or if you're going to any game where Tom Travoy is at the back with DCE, with Brooks at six, 
um, with Croker at nine. Like, that, that's a tough ask. Oh, bloody hell. Tough ask. Um, now, people will go, oh, well, hang on a sec. Like, in the big games against the best clubs, they've managed to shut him down. It's like, yeah, but no one's sitting here saying that Manly are the best club in the competition. Mm. Like, if they finish third or fourth with Tom Trevojevic, DC, like, with their full-strength side, that's probably where they should finish, you know? Like, yeah. I, so it's like, if he gets shut down by Penrith, it's like, yeah, they're Penrith. They're the best team <laughs> in the comp. Or, or even Brisbane. Yeah, it's Brisbane. They're second. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, uh, yeah. I, um, it's not like he hasn't delivered in big games though He's one of men of the series in origin <laughs> So Yeah like when, when he is fit He is good elite. He is good Great uh, Also Rabbitohs have re-signed two young fellas Mamazellas Mamazellas Yep And another young fella Did Yeah you? Yeah recently And oh. he didn't post it And I was like Why isn't he posting this Really I'll have to get this up A couple It was probably like a A few days ago Fuck, I must have missed it. I missed that. Or maybe it's not confirmed yet, and that's... Well, Mamas Ellis hit the, hit the news a week ago, but it only got confirmed today. Oh, okay. My bad. My apologies. I yeah. apologise. I apologise. Um, so, yeah, it got confirmed today. Yep. Um, yeah, it got confirmed this morning. This morning. Really good for South. Mm. Oh, that's a, the that's a thing with South is that... They're in such a good position. Like they've got all these young fellas coming through that are, are ready to take over key positions. I mean, you've even you won New South Wales Cup, uh, and you won the the interstate thing as well, didn't you? I think so. Yeah. You beat the Queensland side before the grand final. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. you did. Surely. <laughs> I can't remember. I think he's. I think he's did a number on him. Yeah, I'll, you know, what? I'll double check. Jeez Louise. Oh, Jeez. For a bloke with a rabbit eyes tattoo, that is <laughs> not, actually disgraceful. Not, that is that is really bad. That I'm is so actually sorry. disgraceful. Can't um, remember? No, I think they did. Uh, and so you look at that and you go, these young fellas, like they've even got um, Hawking sitting in reserve grade, yeah. who led them to New South Wales Cup, Interstate Cup. Then you've got Ilias. Like these guys are young. Mama Zealous. Oh yeah, see, I smash them. Yeah, You're right. <laughs> Fucking hell. But so that's that's essentially three key positions. Yeah. That you have, I wouldn't say sorted because you don't know how they're going to go in first grade. But geez, you, you like put it this way: if Broncos were sitting here in that same position mm. with a six, a seven, and a nine ready to go, I'd be going great. And also, I don't know what the plan with Munro is, but if he plays reserve grade fullback this year, which he very well might, he mm. might play wing for the NRL and kills it, then that's a whole spine's worth. It's a whole in, spine's in, worth. In reserve yeah, ready to go, like literally ready to go. Um, and what what? That's Trell's so young still, it's actually That's insane. Ridiculous. So he's like 26 or now or something? Trell would be 26, 27, yeah. Yeah, so he's got, let's just say Trell's got another four or five years in the game. That would make Tyrone Munro only 23 or 24 yeah. when he takes over. Trell, fucking hell. Trell's 26. Oh my <laughs> God. Does he turn 27 this year? Yeah, but not till June. So, mate. He's, yeah. <laughs> That's, actually, That's ridiculous. That's actually insane. And Cam Murray had his 26th birthday the other That's day. That's insane too. That's insane. Um, so you've got a young captain. You've got all these young guys ready to go. Uh, you've got Moali, who's a good young forward. You've got Kepi there. Like, things are – you're primed for a for more, I guess, premiership pushes. Mm. Like, you really are. So I think it's exciting times for Rabbitohs. It's just a matter of are they all on board? Like, is everyone heading in the same direction? Is all of last year's nonsense off the field sorted? Yep. Um, that is the, really the biggest question for Rabbitohs. Because when it comes to, like, who's coming through next, the guys they've got in there now – 
Like they are like Keon, Arrow, Murray, Whiten, Walker, Ilias. I know he had a quiet year this year, but the year before he was outstanding. Trell. Cookie. Uh, Totola. Cookie. You know what I mean? It's It's such a good team. It's a gun side. It's a gun side. Yeah. I I think Mamazellas as well, like he's good enough to play first grade. He's played only a handful of games. So I actually was a bit worried they might lose him Mm. um, at some points because Damian Cook signed there till 2025. He doesn't look like he's slowing down, but Mamazellas' patience is going to be rewarded in the future for sure because he'll eventually, that's going to be his spot, you'd you'd imagine, in the future. And he's going to be in a really, really good team. So, um, yeah, full credit to Mamazellas for for hanging on. I'm sure there was offers elsewhere. Mm. Like, He's not going to be starting nine this year. Um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he'll be fourteen this year, maybe. Probably, because like that, Cookie yeah. can only play like eighty minutes, even though Cookie is so fit or whatever. But like maybe you get more out of Cookie by going mm. giving him thirty, and then ten on either side of the half you give to the young fella. Yep. And then you bring him back on for thirty. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Like maybe you get more out of Cookie that way yeah. by going, mate, just just go, just run. I initially had. Havili as Rabbitoh is kind of like 14, but yeah, now, now I'm wondering if, if Mamazelle is probably the way to go. Um, certainly in the hooking department it is. But yeah, nah, very exciting. And you're right, we have, there's a lot of, good, a lot of good, good young depth there. Unproven, but in key positions. But well, That's exciting. the thing, unproven, so it could all go to shit, yep. whatever. But again, as I said, if you're at your club, and you had these guys that just won New South Wales Cup, mm. you'd be stoked. You'd be like, look, yeah. there's, you can't ask for much more out of your next generation. Like, what else could you ask out of them? For The information you have is there's a good chance that they will go on to be decent. Doesn't mean they definitely will. Whereas you look at the Bronx, still a bit unsure who will take over uh, Reynolds. Yep. Um, then you've obviously got Mam, who is super young, which is great. Moser, which is good. So, mm. like... Bronx are missing that seven that may take over. Yeah. Uh, whereas Rabbitohs, you've got nine sorted, seven sorted. Hawkins could play six or seven, and Ilias probably could play six or seven. Yeah. So you've got those two sorted, and then you've got fullback sorted. Yeah. Like, if you were South, are you playing Munro in the wing this year, or are you letting him play reserve grade at fullback? No, nah, he's. A, I think he's a first grade. Look, as long as he, when he plays first grade, he continues to develop. And yeah. Um, I think he's – look, it's hard to say because you don't know how they go at training. Yeah. So you just don't know how they handle the tough stuff. By all reports, he's a really good trainer. But put it this way, if he comes into first grade and he has like three or four games where it's not good, he's making errors, that's when you go, okay, mate, we just, you're probably a bit soon. We'll put you back in reserve grade. You bring someone else in. But if he comes into first grade, does his job, like literally just does his job, you keep him in there. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. Well, he'll be in there to start the year because White and suspended for round one and round two. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because and Tass will be the left center. So it's going to be interesting to see what that round three team looks like. Yeah, really, really interesting. I cannot, yeah. Rugby league. It's the best. She's nearly here. Uh, now, Big Bash, the Big Bash finals, they start tonight. The first game is the qualifier between first and second place. So tonight, the Brisbane Heat play the Sydney Sixers for a spot in the grand final. Then tomorrow is the knockout, which is third and fourth, third versus fourth. Perth will play the Adelaide Strikers. And the winner of this game will play the loser of the first game for a spot in the grand final. Big bash, some uh, some way home bets brought to you by Sportsbet. Yeah, Hammy sent these to me before. There's, okay, uh, there's okay. some. So basically, in a nutshell, it's like the you you read them out. Yeah. So you basically, got them in front of you? yeah, got them in front of me. So basically, it's like the um the the way home bets for the rugby league 
that we did last year. So you can bet on who's going to be the first winner of the first game, then the second game, and then they'll, based off your selections, the third game and the fourth game. So there's plenty of options there. Um, so an example would be if you think that the Sixers are going to win tonight and the Strikers, for example, are going to beat Perth tomorrow and then that the Strikers will beat the Heat in the third game and then the Sixers will beat the Strikers in the fourth game, that'll get you 13 bucks. And there's every single combination available. So I, this is good because in NRL and AFL, even though it was mad and I, and I loved betting on it as well, there's only four teams for this. So mm. you got a way higher chance. Yeah. And cricket's a bit funny. Like it can, it can, it can go a bit either way uh, more so than a lot of other sports like T20, I reckon. So yeah, there's a lot of scope for some good value here. Um, but yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane looked the goods. I think they've only, they've only lost one game all year. So who they, who they lose to? They lost to Perth, um, but they've won, <laughs> they've won everything else. So is Perth a red hot or not? Perth are the best team of all time. Yeah. They've won, I think five comps of 13. Oh really? Yeah. Who won last year? Perth won last year. So Perth and Sydney Sixers have been the two teams and then a few other teams have won one or two, I think one here and there. And then there's a couple of teams that haven't won any. Um, but yeah, exciting. Exciting for mm. Brisbane. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see someone new win, I reckon. I, I, I go for sixes, but it'll be cool to see someone like the Strikers or the Heat win. Mm. People are getting a bit sick of Perth and Sydney. It was a bit like Storm and Roosters back in the day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, make sure you're watching the Big Bash tonight. Uh, massive thank you to Big Bash for uh, partnering with the show. Massive thank you to Big Bash for partnering with the show. Uh, now, cricket. Australia are in the process of wrapping up the first test. Hazelwood is in and amongst the wickets for Australia, while Travis Head got a good century yesterday. Mm. I wouldn't say he saved us, but it was a... Oh, it was important. It, it was important. Yeah. Absolutely important. I think probably by the time this airs, we've probably won by then. Okay. But, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, we've won. <laughs> yeah, call it a win. Um, yeah, story AFL not publishing weight so that's got that here look um, <laughs> do I need to say anything do I I don't need to say anything yeah, no. it speaks for itself it's ridiculous you just said something oh sorry should I delete that no you don't have to delete that, <laughs> delete that. Um, yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wade into that kind of stuff because we know what that's all connected to yeah. and Anyway, mm. what's on for the weekend, Maddie? Uh, what is on for the weekend? I've got, I'm actually having lunch with my grandparents tomorrow, which would be nice because I miss, I wasn't here for Christmas. So, did you like forget to see them last week? Like you forgot the Rabbitohs won the Interstate Cup? Look, uh, I'm going to say something controversial here. Oh, no. I don't think anyone cares about the Interstate Cup. Like the New South Wales Cup grand final, that's the, that's the big one. Wow. Like, You're a hater, bro. Nah, Hating your own club. Your club won it, mate. Yeah, we won the New South Wales Cup. That's what I care about. It's a bit, that means they're the best reserve grade side in the, in, the, in the country. How many serious, how many beers do you reckon they had in that week? Like, None, mate. They're seriously? locked in. They're locked in. Yeah. You, got, you don't have enough faith on the boys. I can't believe I forgot that. I don't know why. I must not have watched it. What, when, what, did, do they play on grand final day? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. You know what? Yeah, you probably, maybe because you were going to the grand final, maybe you had drinks before or something like that or... Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, <laughs> hot tip. Mm. Maddie at the footy is like, imagine the most boisterous footy fan. Like the guy... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even like either team. The guy that is standing up yelling at the ref is actually Maddie. Like, guys, I can't. Ex- this is not even me exaggerating. Now, in Maddie's defense, you had a few beverages. I had too many, and I regret. I do regret that. But anyway, sober. Do you act like that? Be honest. Definitely not. No, 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 definitely not. I'm very. I don't really say anything, mate. Maddie was going off his head. I thought he was a Broncos loyalist. <laughs> like, honestly, in the first half, Maddie was like, "Are you serious, <laughs> the ref? What is he even doing? They're lying all over him. He doesn't even go for the Broncos." And he was like, "This is bullshit. The refs <laughs> against the Bronx. They, they just want Penrith to win." I was like, "Jesus Christ, Maddie, relax." I'm sitting there going, "Bro, like, yeah, we are getting a bit dudded in some calls, but." Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, to be totally fair, our whole bay that we were sitting at, we're all an inner grants going, what yeah, the hell sure. is going on here? It must, it must not translate to TV because everyone came back and said, great game the whole time. Yeah. But in the crowd, like, and watching it, the Penrith were lying all over the Broncos. Yeah, you must be able to see it at the ground. Yeah, maybe. And look, and, and I've always said from the get-go, even after the podcast, I'm sitting there going, this is like disgraceful refing. But when the tables turned and the Broncos started lying all over Penrith and they started getting some 50-50 calls, he did the same thing. And I was like, well, that's a great ref then. Yeah. But what we're so used to is they do that shit and then they start blowing a million penalties in the second half. And you're like, what the, f- what the hell? Yeah. So, yeah, it ended up being a, a really well ref. And I think, what was it? It was like a head high or something that like just grazed a Penrith player mm. and he didn't call it. And I was like, that is a fucking great yeah. ref. Yeah, and because because before the Penrith had done something similar-ish, yeah, and so I was just like, yeah, one of the seriously, it might be one of the best ref games I've ever seen for sure. It, it's it's like how people say that Bill Harrigan ref games, yeah, got a feel for it, and then let shit go when you need to let shit go. Obviously, there's stuff that you think the ref misses, maybe they didn't miss it, maybe they just all right, we're letting this go, letting this go. Yeah, well, clearly he didn't miss it. Yeah, clearly, well, yeah, he was sitting there saying, "This is the way I'm going to ref, and I'm going to let you boys sort it out." And he gave us one of the greatest grand finals of all time. Mm. Um, and it's funny because you saw the Broncos begin to realize, oh, okay, the rest letting us lie in the ruck. Like, let's lie in the ruck then. And you, and then it's when the game momentum shifted. Um, Man, I don't know if I get sucked into the fairy tale too much, but like, I really, I, I personally think, and this is what kind of disappoints me about this rule change. But I, I know everyone agrees, rugby league isn't in a better place than it is right now. And that grand final, I can sit, I like, I know it's kind of recency bias. That could go down as the best game of all time. And I, I think there's a v- very good chance it will. And it's kind of the last like few months I've thought we're really, we're really right in the peak of rugby league right now. Like mm. this is, we are in the best position possible. The quality is just amazing. Um, well, look yeah. at, look at all 17 teams. Like, okay. So you got, you got the Tigers who a lot of people are like, oh yeah, spoon or mm. bottom of the table. Have a look at their actual best squad for sure. Like, I, I can't remember a time, and it's so ironic because Penrith are out now, like, the best side. Yeah. But, like, as I said, I think, last week, Eels didn't make the eight. Rabbitohs didn't make the eight. Cowboys didn't make <laughs> Look at the Cowboys' side. Yeah. It's unbelievably stacked, and they didn't even make the eight. Mm. Like, that's what's so exciting heading into this new year. Look, as soon as Penrith get brought back to the pack, if they friggin' ever do, Cleary <laughs> might just be seriously yeah. a god. Yeah. Um, but... If, if they do, we will be in the pinnacle of rugby league, I think. Yeah. And th- with the only blemish being, sometimes the refing can be not up to standard. Yeah. But the positive is, in grand, the grand final was, it was, it was incredible. And, and I'll say the same point I say all the time. 
Who were the best two teams of the year? Broncos and Panthers. Broncos and Panthers. Yeah. Who was just better than the Broncos all year long? The Panthers. So, like, doesn't that show you that yeah. even though you get a bunch of dud calls throughout the year, yeah. you know, things don't go your way, how often does not the best team win the comp? For sure. Uh, that, uh, that same argument. That's why I always laugh when people whinge about, um, oh, my team get like the draw comes out. Oh, my team's got a tough draw. My team's got a tough draw. Like no one remembers that by the end of the year. Yeah, I know. Like, there's the, like two, the two, the best teams usually win. The best team, two teams win. Now look, it, does that mean that you excuse bad calls for refs? Absolutely no. not. Like you can still improve from refs, you know, like you can absolutely improve in certain calls and the way we do things. Players can improve. Fans can improve. We can all improve. Uh, this podcast can improve. Like bloke can improve. But um, just like ironically, so Penrith won the minor premiership by a points differential. Mm. Then they won the grand final by two points. Yep. So doesn't that just show you how accurate the yeah. result was? Yep. Um, yes. Great point. You know, it like it was like obviously I wanted Broncos to win. You know, I know people don't like me hearing this, but like Broncos completing at a high percentage, I believe would have won. Yep. Um, but they didn't. Panthers did. Yep. Uh, and so they're the best team in the comp. They are the best team, and they were the best team essentially the whole season long. Uh, and they had to deal with quite a lot this year. You know, the injuries, and you know, so um, yeah. Like when you're looking at like. Were referees, did they have an effect on the outcome of the season? Like, no, they didn't really. Like, now someone may argue, well, hang on a sec. If I had got this call, then this would have changed and I would have made the eight. And it's like, well, you also, if you had got that call and won that game, you might have gone on a five-game losing streak. Yeah. With all the information we have, Panthers won by a bee's dick. And that's probably where they were as a team the whole year. Just better than the Brisbane Broncos. Yep. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, and like for people listening, we're, we've got a new kind of content set up that's happening. Tuesday will be the first drop of it. I'm not mm. going to say what it is, but uh, be ready Tuesday, Arvo, Tuesday night. Um, definitely a new vibe. Not a new vibe. That's the wrong word. There's a concept that I we are bringing to bloke that will be dropping essentially Monday to Friday throughout the year. Yep. And it's a lot of content, put it this way. Oh, there's a lot. It's, and it's it's on social media. So it's Instagram, Facebook. We might create a Substacks as well for people that aren't on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but you'll be getting a lot of good content this year. A lot. Excited. Very excited. A lot of good things coming up this year. Yep. Fucking oath. A so lot of good, good things coming up this year. Yeah. It's good, going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we won't get into some of the things coming up this year, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> some good things coming up this year. Yeah. Um, look, as usual, guys. Oh, go and grab a case of bloke beer. The beer of rugby league. Beautiful, easy drinking lager from your local celebrations like Legends IGA plus liquor, bottle low, liquor emporium. Thirsty Camel, bottle low, IGA plus liquor, portal liquor, <laughs> celebrations. Anyway, grab some bloke beer, support the platform. It's also a beautiful beer. Uh, we actually, there was a blind taste testing and we got like third or fourth mm. out of like a ton. Plenty. It's a, and these, the blind test tasting was done by like professional taste testers in the beer industry. Yeah. It's a bloody good beer. But as usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.